It is time for another edition of the Two Bombs and a Mike Sports Podcast. And as always, you can listen to us on Spotify, Spotify for Podcasters, Apple Podcasts, everywhere that you get your podcasts. You can follow us on our socials, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at Two Bombs and a Mike. I am your host, Mike Marsden, and as always, I am joined by my lifelong friends, Christian Landreth, Kevin Ellaby. Guys, we are approaching the MLB trade. How are we doing today? Good, and I hope trades start to happen. Like good ones. <laughs> not not guys that throw with a six ERA. Love that. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Oh, yeah, like, like we already did for the White Sox. Yeah, I, I may or may not have been hinting at that. Yeah, may or may not. I just want to make sure I clarify. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Sometimes sometimes your hands are, you know, eh, not very clear, dude. But we get there. We move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Great at your ego just a little bit. It's okay. It's okay. I'm fine. <laughs> Christian. Landy, man, what's doing? happening over there? Living the dream, baby. Oh, I like how you waited. I love he how he like waited. dramatic pause. Yeah, he living was like, <laughs> You could hear a breathe too. You're living the dream. Like, okay, yeah, we get it. <laughs> no, you actually are though, right now, because kind of a dart officially. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. <laughs> what the? Are you, are you gonna okay, I'm sorry. You're going to have to cut what? this out, Mike. But what the hell was that, bro? What was like, that? Like, what, what is uh-huh. like it sounds like you're what, what are you doing I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry the, I didn't really hear the question or the, oh or there that. Mike it wasn't me it wasn't <laughs> me and I'm fucking playing a game <laughs> <laughs> holy cripes Mike oh that's definitely stayed that's definitely no, staying. no, no. I'm, that's definitely staying in. I'll cut out the the, the bad word that was said. But Thank you. That's definitely that's you. definitely staying in. Uh, Christian, if you want to try again, kind of a dog officially signed with the black thoughts. Oh, oh yes. Oh, of course. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh. You know what? You oh. know what, Michael? <laughs> what, Christian? What do I know? Nothing. Uh Okay. Wow. All right. This is this 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 episode's already going off the rails so fast. Edward, five minutes. I'm having a blast. Even. Thanks for inviting me. I am. Mike. I am having a blast. I am <laughs> laughing a lot. So, a time, Christian, in all seriousness, kind of a dodd signed, turned eighteen. Yeah. signed. Thank God. Oh, clock officially pen to paper. Your thoughts and He's opinions, officially Mr. Officially Mr. Hockey. Yes. Oh, it is just, it is a great day to be in the presence of the one and only Connor Bedard in a Blackhawks uniform for this next year. Boy, oh boy, am I excited. I mean, okay, just, you know, tell me, tell me, okay, we were kind of, <laughs> kind of talking about this, but tell me about this contract that he signed because I keep seeing it every Now, I don't know what rookie contracts look like for first round picks and stuff like that even the number one overall picks but like what is this this contract compared to others in past like tell me about it 
Well, it's an entry level deal, which um, you know every prospect they give every prospect when it's their first contract. Hence, why the term entry level. Uh, so it's just it's it's three years, nine hundred fifty grand cap hit, four point four five million AAV. So the breakdown from each season is is NHL salary is eight hundred fifty five thousand. Signing bonus was ninety five k. Type A performance bonus is one million, and Type B performance bonus is two and a half million. I would assume the Type A just specifically like, hey, you you score X amount of goals, it's a bonus or something like that. Yeah, like games played, points, you know, whatever. If he hits that, yeah. he gets that bonus money. So in total, uh. It's four point four five million, but the cap hit is just nine hundred and fifty million because of the eight hundred and fifty five, and then the ninety five thousand uh, dollar signing bonus. Signing bonus. Can you imagine that as an eighteen year old? Like literally, like the day you turn eighteen, because he he legally couldn't sign this contract at eighteen because he was drafted. Mm-hmm. Well, it was already a month ago, almost. And yeah. as a 17 year old, he legally could not sign a professional act until he was 18. And literally the day that he turned 18, he signs this. Imagine at 18, your 18th birthday, million dollar contract. Boom, right there. Can you imagine that? It's absolutely unbelievable. Like, it, I can't even wrap my head around that. One day you're just like, all right, well, I'm about to turn 18, great. And now I'm a millionaire. Like, like I turned, okay, that's great. I turned AT before we started our senior year of high school. Yeah. Can you imagine? And then imagine that, like, <laughs> see you guys, I'm out, million dollars in my bank, kicking it. You know, <laughs> like that, it's just wild. That, it's I can't, insane. I, I can't even fathom that as an 18 year old. Like, what would you like? Hey, realistically, as an 18 year old, what would you do with a million dollars? All I know is I think it's a bad idea. <laughs> That's probably, a lot of money. Probably, I think we'll probably leave it there and just say like it's yeah. a good thing his parents are essentially eleven. Correct. Make sure he doesn't do anything for stupid a young, for a young guy. Oh my god, yeah, million dollars, huh? car, fancy suits. Yeah, like, it's just yeah. it can it can go away really quick. Ask uh, Shaquille O'Neal. And I, there's a yeah. Oh yeah, his, he has some really good stories. There's the famous story of him, like when he got his first like professional contract in the NBA. He spent, I think he said he spent literally a million in like two hours. Yeah, he spent oh. like a couple hundred thousand at Walmart or something. Like yeah, he bought, a couple hundred. He bought. I think he said he bought a car, came home. His dad said that's a really cool car, and he went back and bought another one for his dad. Mm-hmm. And then he came back again <laughs> with that. And then his mom said the same exact thing. Where's mine? And they go back and get him like three cars, $100,000 worth of stuff at Walmart. And it's just like that. Ha- hey, that what, afternoon. What, what cost? How, what at Walmart would you spend a hundred grand? Like, on? He, he said he said he bought like computers, oh. computers laptops, TVs, clothes, yeah. like essentially a whole house worth of stuff for yeah. him back then you know all that <laughs> you know and then the cars and he got himself some jewelry 
and literally, like, he actually spent, I think, he, I think, the, I remember the story, point three million, and he had a million to spend. And his agent called him. Is like, what are you doing? I was like, okay, like, I, I still have a lot left, dude. Three hundred k in debt right now. Like, you owe money right now. You're broke. And I was like, oh, wake up call. And then he calls him to tell, like, you know, I, I was really immature. That was a big wake up call. I got myself a financial advisor, and you know, the rest is history from there. But it, it's like, as a like a really really young. Getting that much money, like it, it, it can, it can go away really quick, especially for somebody yeah. that young. You get excited, you get really excited, you start spending some money. You're like, all right, no big deal, because I'm gonna be honest, you're too young. To, I mean, you don't know, you don't know much of anything yet. You're just a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I just remember feeling, you think you know it all at, you know, when you're in high school, and then you're like, <laughs> no, I have no clue what I'm talking about. Correct. Yeah. Good call. You don't. Out. <laughs> you live on. You look back like, man, why did I do that stupid thing? Or like, man, I really didn't know what I was doing. It's incredible yeah. as we get older. All three of us start our second half of our twenties. You know, like looking back oh. on it and life. But anyway, it's crazy. Besides it's crazy. Conor Bedard, the uh, the real topic of today is that we're going to be talking about baseball, the White Sox, and the upcoming trade deadline, which I we had mentioned before. The deadline is August 1st, which is, if I look at my calendar, it is two weeks from tomorrow as we record this. Recording on Monday the 17th, it would be Tuesday the 18th tomorrow. It'll be two weeks from tomorrow is when the trade deadline happens. So there's two weeks for a whole bunch traded, and, and we'll get into the you old know, names and players and different teams of who could be traded for who or who needs what or who's on the block. Like we'll, we'll get into that, but we're going to start with uh, our favorite team in the whole entire world. A little bit, not really, but kind of the Chicago <laughs> White Sox. Um, it's, I don't even know to begin with this team. Like, like I, in all honesty, like I don't know what way to even begin because Two, two episodes ago, I was on here by myself, and I essentially ranted super hard about the White Sox, how they had just lost two out of three to Oakland, almost by the worst team in the league. Also, can we also mention right now, while we're on Oakland, Oakland right now is 25 and 70. 25 and 70. And two of those 25 are against the White Sox. The Sox almost got swept by them. Almost. (laughs) Just by one run. Almost. Almost got swept by Oakland. And I said in that episode, in in complete paraphrasing, is that Sox lost two out of three. Nearly got swept. They survived Oakland, which is not a sentence that should be said out loud. And the season's over. I stick by that, and I'm going to keep saying that, but, like, I said that the season over, and now, this last weekend, as we record this, these last few days, they had a three-game series with the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta, which Atlanta Braves are the clear number one team in the Currently, as we record this, they're 30 games over 500 at 61 and 31. And the White Sox just took two out of three from them. <laughs> and the last game, like, being a blowout. Like, they won eight to one on Sunday. You know? And 
I guess the first topic that we can get into here is with this, like, is this is this too little too late for the White Sox? Is this is this a, is this the start of them getting hot? You know, Jake Berger hit two home runs, his 20th and 21st. You know, Andrew Benintendi had a really good uh, series. Lance Lynn pitched really well. Dylan Cease pitched really well. Like, a lot of guys played very well this this weekend. Is this the start of a hot streak? Or is just is this too little too late for them? Well, like, go nuts, guys. What do you think? I mean, we got a long way to come back, man. I, oh, I, God, yeah. I... I don't know if I can see them coming back that far. I just don't think our team is ready for it. As as we currently record, they are forty and fifty-five. Five hundred. They are eight and a half back of first place Cleveland. No, first place Minnesota. First place Minnesota at forty-eight and forty-six. Well, that's where they currently stand. I mean, if they got hot and stayed hot, we'd have a chance. The. But, the thing is with the thing, I, I know so, un- I don't so know. unlikely it is like the thing for me is with this team they essentially they have two weeks left exactly as we, to make up ground they again they're eight and a half back if they essentially go like in these 12 or 13 some odd games that they have in these two weeks if they win 10 of those if they win 10 out of 13 you know then it's like okay well in this really crappy division, they might be, you know, four games back, depending on how Minnesota and Cleveland do. So really, like, these two weeks are the defining moment for this team, uh, which way they're going to go. And it's essentially, they either have to win everything, and then they can try to go forward, or any other way, they're gonna probably going to be sellers at the deadline. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope... I hope we make some really good moves by the trade deadline and something miraculous happens where we just get on a super hot streak and do not stop. The likelihood, very, very slim. But I, I believe, I, sometimes maybe a little too much, but I, I got to have faith with your team. Because it doesn't help now that uh, Eloy Jimenez has been injured again, tweaked Perfect. his hamstring Again, I like it babbles my mind because I saw this. I think Christian put this in the chat that Dylan Cease, Andrew Vaughn, Eloy Jimenez, and uh, who was the fourth guy? Oh, god, Luis Robert, Robert, Robert. Those four guys are untradeable, untouchable, like they're not going anywhere. And I'm like, I get Vaughn, I get Cease, I get Robert, Eloy. That bad, that that confused me. That that I, if it were on the trading block so quick, he can't stay healthy. He's not consistent, and you know what? At this point, I'm done because he's been here for three years. He's barely played a full season's worth of games, and it's like I I can't I can't miss the guy if he's not here. If he's never here, then what am I expecting to see? And when he is here, he goes really hot for like two weeks, and then he and then he disappears because he's in. So it's like, why why do we have him here? Yeah, no, I would, Eloy I would, should I would, definitely be on the chopping block. He should be. Like from what I heard, is that 
all four of those guys are quote unquote untouchable. But if somebody comes in with like a, a deal that's just too good to pass up, then they're going to listen to it. Is from my understanding. Yeah. But at this point, the 15 games under 500, they're eight and a half back. Depending on how these next two weeks go, unless they win essentially every single game, I would, dude, everyone should be on the block. You should listen to Office from Foot. And that's just me. Uh, what do you think, Christian? I mean, it's just, it's difficult because technically, and you can still get a lot of time out of them, like even if you have to retool, which they should, because this roster is absolutely uh, dog water, to put it lately. It's just, it's just hard to see. Eloy's a tough cookie to crumble because when he's on, I mean, he's on, but I mean, he just can't stay on the field for an extended period of time. And he's shown that time after time. And it's, yeah, could you get something for him? Maybe, you know. Because uh, somebody, somebody's going to look at him and be like, Need a fresh start because his power is always there. That's not that's not uh, debatable. Like his power is there. That, but the thing is, is that it's just his his health. Can he stay on the field? Because you did bring up the point with all these guys of Robert and Mancata and Eloy and whoever that they are all 25, 26, 27. Like they're all pretty young guys. But the problem is with yeah. all of them is that none of them can be consistent long. And none of them can really stay on the field long enough. The only one that's really doing well consistently is Robert and Jake Berger. Like, those are really the two guys, like, essentially carrying this team other than, you know, a pitching half the time. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know what to do, what this trade deadline is going to look like. From what, I, from my understanding, from what I've heard from, uh, uh, oh, God, uh, Jesse Rogers, MLB reporter, He's essentially saying that it, it's going to be the they're already starting the sell-off train. Like it's going to happen some way somehow. They're not really going to add people. They're they're going to be looking for deals for their players. That this is leading up to. And as I mentioned before, when I was by myself, when when that happens after the trade deadline. Will <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I'm gonna be so livid beyond that they do a full sell off, and I'm just gonna I, I think we're gonna come on here at least me, and I'm just gonna sound off. I'm gonna do like you know language like language warning. I'm gonna be swearing up a storm, dude. Like I'm not even kidding. I'm gonna be on here. I'm gonna give up my true feeling to fly at this at that point, that which we, is understandable. Well. I was like, we can get it started. I mean, it's gonna happen. No, so. <laughs> no, we'll wait for it. We'll, we'll wait because I, I, we'll, we'll save up all of our real pent up frustrations for that. Like after the trade deadline happens, and presumably they're gonna sell off the whole team, and like I think that will save up our whole frustrations for that and just let it fly. No restriction. No, just go nuts. So. Be on the lookout for that and be be ready for that, guys. <laughs> so, 
with with the White Sox essentially going at the deadline, and this can kind of segue into talking about the trade deadline as a whole. Who's being traded from the Sox, guys? What do you think? Who's um, who's 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 being shipped out? Giolito. Yeah, Tim that's obvious. Really, you think Tim's gone? Oh yeah. Honestly, I'd like. I don't. To I, don't, I, don't I think we need something new, new on the White Sox. Yeah, I. <sighs> Geo Geo obviously is being traded. That that's point like an obvious. Even if they would in contention, they probably would still trade him anyway because there's no way they're gonna sign him at the end of the year because he is a free agent after this year. So they would probably still trade him anyway. So that was point blank and obvious. Tim Anderson, I'm, I, I, I don't think he's being traded. I don't think so. Just because he still has another team option here. And really, like, his value is at as low as it possibly can be. He hasn't hit a home run in over a year. Since July of last year, he has yet to, he has, has not hit a home run. He's defense is all his batting average is really low he's not getting on base he's not stealing he's not doing really anything pretty well really want somebody like him you can make an argument for say like the Dodgers no not the Mets they got Lindor like I would say the Dodgers the Dodgers could use a shortstop and I think he would fit well in LA but like even if the Dodgers were interested in him how much would the Sox be getting for Tim, because of how low his stock is, I, I just think they don't care. <laughs> um, at this point, I mean, you can try to maybe because I heard that the Dodgers were also interested in Giolito. Yeah, and I, I mean, if you too. could package those two, you could probably get a pretty decent return. Well, what's a pretty uh, decent return? Is it multiple prospects. players or is it one high? Like pro or one because I I, I keep thinking with, with Tim Tim makes that value go way low because of how bad he's doing right now and he has his like off the field issues that he's dealing with yeah but I mean you, he is still a former batting champion and I think teams teams look at that and they they say okay it's there you know. We'll work mm-hmm. with him and see if we can't, you know, get him there again. Uh, so, I mean, no matter no matter who you are, if you've done anything in this league, you have value. So, I think it's Giolito, Tim, Lance Lynn, uh, Joe Kelly, uh, Kendall Graveman. Essentially, it's, it's, oh, it's a whole Berger, bunch of our pitching. Sheets. Yeah, it's a lot. Gavin Sheets, no, Gavin Sheets isn't going anywhere. No, nobody's going to want Gavin Sheets at this point. I, I would imagine there's going to be a lot of interest in Jake Berger, though. I think Jake Berger has a real possibility of being shipped out, unfortunately. Like, he's at 21 home runs. His defense is picked up. He's getting at base. People are going to want somebody like that, at least as a utility guy or like a backup or a DH. Somebody's going to want Jay Berger. I have a feeling. I think they could get a lot for him. Unfortunately for Kev, but I think somebody's going to really want Jay Berger. I know. That's why you can't get rid of him. You, dude, you, be, you better get his jersey. You better get it quick because he might be I shipped know. out. 
I want it. Well, he can wait and it'll be on clearance. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Like, I mean, those other White Sox players that I that I see on here, like Keenan Middleton, who's really like, who's really uh, burst out into a reliever role this season. You know, he's 29 years old. He has a three-year-old He has 11.7 Ks per nine on a, you know, basically minimum salary. So I think some somebody would pay something for a decent one because everyone's always looking for a relief pitching. Better relief. Everyone's always looking. No one, no, doesn't matter how good your team is. You're always going to have better bullpen help. So somebody could be looking for Keenan Middleton. Um, there's other names on here that are kind of on the trade block, like uh, Paul Blackburn of the A's. We talked about Tim Anderson, Lance Lynn. Um, Paul DeYoung, shortstop, and Cardinals. Cardinals have been having, like, that, I think that's one of the most shocking things. If I, but maybe the Mets. I think the Mets might have them be. But, like, St. Louis has been one of the most shocking teams this year as in how bad they are. Everyone expected them to be, you know, division winners, if not uh, National League Championship Series contenders at minimum. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I I think the whole the whole White Sox roster is up for the chopping block. It should be. Um, I, I mean, really, it should be. I mean, I understand that they are holding back a couple of people, but I really, back to your point, Mike, I really don't understand why we're holding back Eloy. How, how, why? Why, dude? He he, he can't be, stay on the field. Like, okay, he's still got power, but let's get someone that's consistent and can be out there and could actually be playing. It's like, I get it. He's got a big power bat. Clearly, his offense speaks for himself as as to why he's deemed as untradeable purely because of his bat. Because his bat, when he's on, as to Christian's point, when he's on, he's one of the best in the league. That's not not an over-exaggeration of us being Sox fans. Like, that's real. You can ask anybody that really watches this game. He's one of the best in the league with his bad when he's on. And and I, I have a feeling that the the thought is like they don't want to give that up, that possibility of him getting fully healthy and staying on the field, playing 150 games and hitting 45 home runs. They don't want to give that up. But at the same time, you also have to consider that for three freaking years, he's played a full season. In three years, he's played finally 162 games in three seasons. Does that that says a lot to me at least? So I'm with you, Kev. It's like I want him here because of his bat, but at the same time, he literally can't stand the field. He trips. He he sees a fly and tries to move out of the way just the slightest. Oh, my hamstring's out. I'm out for two weeks. Yeah. it's that. Like, he's literally he's literally made a class. He's the guy from SpongeBob that every single night I break my arms and every single morning I break my legs. Like, it's that guy. He's literally made of thin glass. He can't do anything to stay on the field. Call me harsh, but he can't stay in the field. And I said this in the offseason. I would have traded him in the in this last offseason. I, I, I honestly, I would have. I was in charge. He, he would have been gone last year. I get Cease. I get Robert. I get Andrew Vaughn. 
but Eloy should be on the trading block because you could get a lot. Somebody's going to see that bat and be like, hello, what what do you need? We need him. I know somebody would. Maybe the Oakland A's. Hell, if the if they if the Oakland A's want, and they give us some really good prospects, he's all yours, all yours. Go nuts, because I'm tired of Eloy just not seeing on the field. And with all luck, he's gonna go to Oakland. And he's gonna hit 55 and play 162 games for five years. Oh, right? absolutely, probably. With all luck. Um, there's other names too on here that I see, like like Jake Flaherty. Really good starting pitcher for St. Louis. A lot of starting pitcher for St. Louis is probably going to be traded because of how bad they're doing, and they could really sell off. Like Jordan Hicks as well. Um, interesting name I see on here, though, is Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs. No. Uh, he missed the first 48 games of this season, recovered from a tear in his right shoulder. But since coming back, he's he has a 357 ERA in 58 innings. You know he's he's definitely brought it back. He's definitely doing a lot better. So he, he I I don't know what his contract situation is. I don't know it, how long he has left with the Cubs, but somebody would definitely probably take a fly on him if somebody brought a good deal to the Cubs because the Cubs are in an interesting situation as well. They're honestly in like the same situation as the Sox. These next two weeks are going to really define how they are if they're going to be selling or if they're going to be trading because division as well but they are what are they right now they're 43 and 49 so they're six games under 500 but they're eight back of Cincinnati and Milwaukee so they if they hard for these next two weeks they could be really close and they could be like well shoot let's see if we can buy and maybe make these next two weeks are going to be really fun for Chicago baseball one way or another <laughs> I would imagine so <laughs> What do you guys think? It's, uh, I, I hope we get some, I think, I think, let me say it like this. I think it's going to be a fun couple weeks. If people on the White Sox office can get, uh, their butts together and actually do their job. Um, I think it'll be an exciting two weeks. And I think hopefully by the end of these two weeks that we will have, um, a better team. Hoping and praying. Oh, we're halfway there. Oh, living on a prayer. Um, yeah, yeah, we're living on a prayer to see if they actually do something. We're holding our breath. There are other like really big names that are on this trade trade block for this deadline. One of them being Max Scherzer. Can we talk about the Mets for a second? The Mets are just absolutely a disaster. You thought we thought the White Sox last year and this year were a disappointment. Talk about the Mets. The Mets literally have the highest payroll in baseball history by like a hundred million. Mm. And absolutely crap in the bed. They are 43 and 50. They're 18 and a half back of first place. Oh my good. In the God. National League East. Like Miami and Philly are ahead of them. A really good substantial amount of games. Excuse me. So, with the Mets, it's like, what do you do here? Because I don't know if you could really realistically spend more money than Steve Cohen has. So, 
what do you do here? Do you trade Justin Verlander? Do you trade Max Scherzer? Or something like that to maybe like re- revamp your farm system and try to get younger and younger players all together. Does that that? Yeah, it's very interesting to, yeah, to see what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, Scherzer has not been good. No. At all. No, I'm like, he has dude, not. what is going on? Uh, he's a former Cy Young pitcher, but like he's posting a 431 ELA, a 123 whip, 100, in, 100 strikeouts in 87 innings. And he's yeah. and he's owed roughly 15.2 million of his 43.3 million dollars at deadline on the deadline. And there's also a significant future uncertainty with matching his 43.3 million dollar player option for 2024. 43.3 million dollar option for 24. That's how much he's going to be paid next year. That's insane. I and he's what 39, 38 or something like that. If I, I want to say, he's definitely up there. I don't know if this is the the sign of him starting to really come back down to earth. Same with Justin Verlander, but it'd be I, I'm very interested to see what the Mets do this off this off season, this trade deadline. You know, like, I I don't know if if it's Steve Cohen, he's probably gonna like let's buy. Let's get this going, but like at the same time, yeah. I don't know if he has the room to do that. You know, like there's also David Robinson. David Robinson could be a really high piece on the Mets. Uh, relief pitcher. He's posting a 2.06 ERA with a one whip, ten and a half Ks per nine, twelve saves. He's basically he's basically been the closer since Edwin Diaz got hurt at the World Baseball Classic. So he could be a hot trade chip. Reunion with the White Sox. Reunion with the White Sox, maybe? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Probably not. Definitely not. Don't really no want him. Shot, but, I mean, hey. <laughs> Definitely don't want him here, honestly. <laughs> um, Jordan Montgomery. We talked about the Cubs earlier. Another name, uh, uh, Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger yep. was on a one-year deal with the Cubs, and he's killing it this year. You know, he's the former National League MVP in 2019. He's batting 305. With a 139 OPS plus, 13 doubles, 12 home runs, 35 RBIs, and 11 steals. You can play the, the outfield. White Sox could have signed him. It's almost like the White Sox could isn't have he signed bat- him. Isn't he batting over 400 in the month of July? Yeah, he is. Interesting. It is very interesting. It's almost like, you know, the Sox should have signed Kyle Schwarber, but they didn't. It's almost like they should have signed Cody Bellinger, but they didn't. What do they have in common? Nice. They're outfield left-handed batters that are actually really good power hitters. And what do we have? Andrew Benintendi, who's really good defensively, but my God, can he not hit for average or for power? So, pick your poison there, guys. At that point, I would much rather have the other two options. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Should the Sox trade for Cody Bellinger? <laughs> I mean, I mean, Benintendi's betting 290. He, uh, yeah, he, I, I, I should rephrase that. He is, he is, he has a higher batting average, but like, it's all singles. There's not really much extra base hits. I think he has what, one home run, two home runs. Yeah, one. Like, that's not gonna cut it. It's not. It's not 30 years ago where everyone needs to bat 300 and maybe hit five home runs. 
that that's just how the status quo was. Like that that does that just simply doesn't cut it in today's baseball. It simply doesn't. You know, there's still value in hitting for high average and getting on base. But the problem is, is that when he gets on base, it's it's there's no extra base hits of any kind. There's no doubles. There's no triples. There's no home runs. It's purely singles. And then with this team, with how bad offensively they are, it doesn't add on to anything because he's only getting on first base and nobody can do anything about it. That's the issue that at least I see in that. Yeah, oh, you're right on. Yeah, it's an interesting time in baseball for the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. Um, another interesting name, Shane Bieber. Shane mm. Bieber has been on the trade block, and he's a, how's, how's he doing? Honestly, not 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 really good, and that's really why he might be on the trade block. Okay, being with Cleveland for the last you know three ish years. He's boasting a 3.77 ERA, which is a career low. A career low. Um, he just doesn't have the same overpowering ace uh, velocity and command that he has. He's only 28. He's currently on the IL with a right elbow inflammation and has been shut down for the next two weeks. But he could still make an impact down the stretch and the next and next year with a club option through 2024. So somebody probably could take a flyer on him if he's out for the next, you know, two weeks to month and have him for the end of the year and have him for next year with the club option. So there's definitely value in that. And another starting pitcher would be Marcus Stroman of the Cubs. There's a lot of players yeah. that are possibly on the trade block for the Cubs. Marcus Stroman's having a hell of a year this year. All-star, killing it, great vibe, great dude in the Cubs locker room for what I hear. He's 32, he's coming up on a contract year, and he's going to want to get paid. And the issue is, is that he's going to want like five years, six years, but nobody's going to want to pay him that because he's 32. So when yeah. he's turned 38, 37, 38, he's going to be, you know, not as good as he is right now, presumably anyway. So people are going to want three years, but he's going to want five or six. So that's what the discussion is with the Cubs. If the Cubs want to resign him or trade him or whatever. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I think it's going to be an exciting two weeks for, for baseball. And I think everyone needs to keep an eye out and keep track of your teams. Mm-hmm. See where we're sitting. And especially we'll definitely be keeping track of the White Sox here. Cause mm-hmm. Hopefully good things happen, but hopefully we don't also have that uh, podcast in two weeks. That is going to be oh, I'm already preparing for scary. it. I'm, 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 I'm mentally preparing for that, honestly, <laughs> at this point. Because now, now we're getting into like the real high uh, trade trade candidates. Like Josh Hader could be on the trade line. He easily would be the best closer and really high-valued. Once could be on. He's not on this list, but he definitely could be. I don't think he will. I don't think he'll be traded. But I've heard if, rumors about, about Juan Soto being traded. I have too. It's just like, I, I don't buy it. I really don't. It's like, it's... it's oh, who's really going to give that kind of package to get Juan Soto again? I don't know if there will be a lot of teams that would do that. Especially yeah. with, what? especially with the control that he still has. 
So I, I don't know about Juan Soto, but I could definitely see him being traded. But I just I don't think he will. What do you think? I, 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 we are forgetting probably the biggest name in baseball. Oh, I, oh I'm, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. I know exactly where you're going. I'm getting to that. Almost at the end of the list. <laughs> yeah. Juan Soto. I mean, hey, toss him out there. I mean, they'd make some money. They'd make some good trades. But, it, I mean, man, is it hard to get rid of Juan Soto? Unless he really wants to go somewhere new. I, mean, I don't know what his feelings are, but um, I think it'd be. I mean, I, I, we'll take him. <laughs> of Rick, course, we will. It. We'll take him. <laughs> what, what are we gonna give San Diego for Juan Soto? Uh, everyone that's good on our team. Here's Lance Lynn. Here's Giolito. Here's Tim Anderson. Here's Colson Montgomery. Here's another five prospects. All yeah. of that for Juan Soto. Yeah, it will bankrupt us. It yeah, it us. really will bankrupt us. <laughs> we don't have a farm system in general to trade players for. That's the issue. Our, our draft and develop team is so poor and so bad that we just we never have any trade trade chips. We never have any good prospects to maybe make a trade or maybe do something with. We just simply just never do. All the like our top five guys right now in our farm system are all having really, really bad years in the minor leagues right now. So even if like we go back to seeing talking about Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson gets traded. Who's playing short? Does it have to be Elvis? (laughs) (laughs) You want Jake Berger? My my man ain't gonna make it. If Jake (laughs) Berger is playing shortstop, we are doomed. No, 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 no. Correction. If Jake Berger is playing shortstop, I'm coming to every single game. Rick Hahn and the entire management just sold a season ticket to me because <laughs> I'm there. A season ticket for two months. I, well, we'll forget about that. All that matters is I'm in. You hear that, Rick? Might as well get on that. Um, you make some money, Rick. <laughs> dude, I'm going to be honest. I, I was going to save this for the, the episode where we we're going to basically go off, but I'm going to talk about it now. I think I I think this is going to be the offseason. I, I think Rick... And Kenny are gone. Really? I, I think they should be. I It makes, like, there's no logical sense why they would stay on. Both they of them. Both, both, both of them have utterly, humiliatedly failed two rebuilds in a decade. It, after one failure, any other team would have fired them. But because it's Jerry, he's loyal to a fault with a lot of things. I think at the end of this season, I think Rick Hahn and them are gearing up to trade everybody and everything that they can. And I think Jerry's going to let him go. I I'm even going to do a really, I'm going to do even bolder prediction. I think, I think after this trade deadline happens and the Sox sell off, I think Jerry's going to put out the notion that he's going to be taking offers or looking at offers to sell. I think that's going to happen. I'm saying really? it right now. I think I, I think it makes sense. Like, completely failed last year. Even more failed this year. The experiment is failed. It's done. It's not going to work. It's not going to work anytime soon. Nobody's going to turn around. It's not. It, it failed. The experiment failed. That's pretty obvious. With everybody that we have. They're going to trade as much people as they can to get as much prospects and assets as they possibly can for the future. And I think Rick is done. 
Not, I mean, I think Jerry's done. Everything I've heard from insiders and reporters and all of that is that Jerry is pissed. Like, he's really, really pissed. And we've mentioned before, he's 86. I don't think he has enough you know, stamina left, whether he wants to or not, to do another rebuild. A third rebuild in like 15 years. I don't think he really, I don't think he wants to. I don't think he has the time left to do that. So I think he's going to take it. I think he's going to cut his losses. He's going to make his $4 billion or whatever he's going to ask for. After they officially trade everybody, he's going to pronounce that he's going to at least negotiate offers to see who's going to want to buy the team. And then at the end of the season, once the season officially ends, Rick and Kenny are gone before he officially sells. So then whoever buys it completely starts to start over brand new GM, brand new executive, whatever. I think I that's hope you're right. I hope so too, honestly. But like, at the same time, you also have to have the caveat to that. It's kind of like the genie with the wish. Like, I wish this happens. Okay. But when that happens, if that happens, that means that at minimum, we're going to be a hundred lost team for the next four to five years. Easy. And we're going to have to live through that for the next four to five years. Do you want that? That's just the no, reality. But anything's better than Jerry. But that's what everyone said with gone packs for the Bulls. Everyone wanted them out desperately. Get them out. Get them out. Get them out. Get them out. That's and, the owner. But we're still talking about the people in charge. Everybody wanted them out desperately. Finally got out. And now here comes uh, Connor Shobis and Mark Eversley. And they're arguably doing an even worse job than Garn Packs right now with this Bulls team. And it's like, you want to you want Garn Packs out? Here you go. It, will that be the same thing with the Sox then? Well, as long as Jerry's there, yeah. Because, I mean, you, you look at the common den- denominator. Who owns both of those teams? Oh, Jerry. Jerry. Everything so starts, it's the he clearly He clearly, besides striking goal with Michael Jordan, you know, lightning in a season bottle, 05. 2005 team, he's done nothing. In 40 yeah. years. Yeah. I. It makes most logical sense. He doesn't. He really doesn't. It makes most logical sense for that to happen after the trade season but as history has shown us and proven us with Jerry and this organization is that logic clearly doesn't happen very often the logical choice (laughs) doesn't usually happen so it makes sense for him to proclaim all right I'm gonna sell the team who wants to buy it and then him getting rid of his GM and executive president whatever Kenny's title is it would make sense but at the same time he's probably like you know let's run it back let the guys run this again, and let's go. Let's do it again. Like, okay, dude. You know, it's your team. He owns it, and it's his right to do whatever he wants with it. But at the same time, please, for the love of God, get out of there. I almost swore just there. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> please get out. I'm so tired of it. Um, the last few names on this list, we have talked about Lucas Giolito. He's really high up there. He's Honestly, he could be traded right now at this moment. Like he, he, it's literally, it could happen any second for the next two weeks. He could be traded and will be traded. It's just a matter of when. 
It's literally just a matter of when at this point for Lucas Giolito. Another name, real big name, is Blake Snell of the Padres. Blake Snell at age 30. You know, he's 6 and 7, 271 ERA, 139 strikeouts to 52 walks. He's a 2.7 war. You know, he's simply way better than he was last year. Last year he had a pretty down year. But I know there's going to be significant interest in a left-handed starting pitcher that's doing really well, especially for a team that's in contention that needs another starting pitcher because right now the Padres, the, the Padres are, you know, wow. For the second year in a row, they're, they're 44 and 50, they're 10 and a half back of first place. And they have real no signs of really heating up or getting going. So Josh Hader, as we mentioned before, maybe Juan Soto, Blake Snell could all be on the trading block. Padres could look very, very different this trade deadline as well as next season, depending on what they do. Because they spent a lot of money on this team. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. It's going to be an exciting couple weeks for baseball fans. Oh, man. It's it's the most exciting, and it's also the most dreadful. But Uh, as Christian alluded to before, I think the easy number one top guy that's going to be on this trading block, at least rumoredly, is Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is easily the best baseball player in the world right now and honestly a lot of people are arguing of all time and that's not an exaggeration that's not recency bias that's a real thing is that he is one of the greatest baseball players in the history of the game and I will argue that right now if you guys disagree with me because you can talk about Babe Ruth you can talk about Hank Aaron talk about Joe DiMaggio you can talk about Nolan Ryan you know you can talk about any the greatest batters and the greatest pitchers of all time none of them can do both at an elite level like like Hank Aaron as many home runs as he got as many everything that he got he didn't pitch the way that Shohei Otani did or does you got Shohei Otani who's literally in the like top three honestly top two of every single offensive and pitching category that there is like he's going to make 600 million dollars this offseason with the contract he's going to get he's a free agent after this season that's like that like that's not an exaggeration that's going to happen easily 500 plus but a lot of people are saying 600 if not more depending that's a couple dollars it is a little couple dollars. <laughs> so, do do the Angels trade him? Because Mike Trout's injured. Anthony Rendon's injured. They're falling off a cliff. They were actually doing really well in the first half. They were like 10 games over 500. And since then, they've just completely plateaued. Shoyotani, Shoyota, like, he has 34 home runs. And we just got past the All-Star break. 34! That's impressive in a full season. 34, and we're not even... Well, halfway through July, he's at 34. He's on pace to do as much or as even more than he had in his MVP season, statistically wise. Wow. You know, the Angels The Angels have said that clearly they don't want to trade him because he's Shohei Otani. He's literally the greatest player in baseball right now and maybe of all time. 
So it makes sense. Like, no, we want to, you know, hang on to them. Makes sense. But at the same time, are they realistically going to sign him for that amount of money? I don't think they can or will. So, and if you're not really in in a contention window to make a wild card spot at that, let alone win your division, are you really going to let him walk away for nothing? Because even if he rejects a qualifying offer, which he obviously would, they would get a compensating draft pick, but that's that pick is not going to be till anywhere between 75 and 80. So it's not even really worth it. So, I guess this is the big question. Does Shohei get traded? What do you guys think? I just, I can't see any team, if they have them, to to get rid of them under any circumstances. It, it's, just, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, if they need the money, yeah, okay. Go do it. Or you need the players. But I just, I see it. I don't think so. I don't think he's going anywhere, anywhere as much as I want him to maybe come to the White Sox. <laughs> Dude. Too what 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 would happen if Shohei Otani got traded to the White Sox? I would go <laughs> the to world would game. explode. We would <laughs> because world. again we would have to trade a lot to get Shohei Otani, and he will be rental because we know Jerry and them are not going to sign him to that. They yeah. simply aren't. They, they they like there's maybe three or four teams that are realistically going to be going after Shohei Otani in the free agent market. So. He would absolutely sell out every single Sox game for the last two months of the season, and then that's about it. You know, there's not really going to mean much else to it. You could you could maybe see teams like the Dodgers or San Francisco, or maybe Atlanta or Texas that could maybe feasibly trade for him, depending. But at the same time, you're going to have to give a package and a half. I've heard rumors that the Angels are starting the negotiations with at least two 100 prospects. Not in your organization, in all of baseball. If you have multiple prospects, that's where they're starting the negotiations. Wow. So that's already a really steep price in it of that. Let alone, they're probably going to want more prospects, at least three or four, and at least three, if not give or take, position play or three current players rather so that's like anywhere from seven to eight to nine maybe ten depending on how much teams give the angels the angels can really set themselves up for the future in a really good way oh at the same time do you really want to give up literally the greatest player to maybe possibly ever live that's the game you play if you if if but do you it, want to be it, a team that let him go for nothing? Exactly. Do you want it? Because clearly, it's easy for us to say it's not our money. It's a hell of a lot of money, dude. Like, even if it's spread out over 10 years, 11 years, even if it's over, over 11 years, that's still 50 plus million dollars a year. I get it. He's an elite hitter and elite pitcher, so you get, you know, more bang for your buck, rather. But that's still a lot of. So I ask if, if Christian Landreth is the GM of the Angels or Kevin Ellery is the GM of the Angels, then Shohei Otani, under what circumstance? I think 
like if I had to go with my gut, I'd say I would I would trade him if I were getting the best prospects, a big chunk of change, and some current players that are ready to go. It it would be a hefty deal, but you you have that bargaining chip. You can give away Shohei, but you could get so much in return to set yourself up for the future. Not just one player, but a ton of players. That you can easily set a, yourself up for level. the next next decade. You can set yourself oh, up yeah. for exactly with one trade. Mm-hmm. So I would say I trade him. That that would be my my vote. Christian? Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I'd trade him. I mean, I'd get, I would get as much as I can just, you know, because if, if he's not going to sign here, why, why am I going to let, let him walk for nothing when I could get, you know, an entire MLB roster. So yeah, yeah, I'm trading him. I I'm with you guys. I would trade him, but the t- yeah. but you also oh, yeah. can't be overzealous and ask for the world because you, you, even for Shohei you can't like like Christian kind of exaggerated, but like you can't get a whole team. You simply just can't. So there has to be that middle ground of what what is be- beneficial for you and team. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give two sleeper teams. I think I think there could be two sleeper teams that realistically trade for Shohei Otani. Because like I, said, I know everyone's kind of I know one of them. Everyone say, I, like I said, everyone's kind of expecting like say the Dodgers or San Francisco or Texas maybe to trade for Shohei Otani. Like first place teams that are in it to win it, put them a two month best player in the world. You know, it makes sense, but I think I think there's two those two teams, two sleeper teams that I think keep an eye out. One of them is Baltimore. I, I uh, yep, yeah, I, I could I saw that coming from a mile away. I think Baltimore realistic chance of trading for them because they have the prospects. They have the prospects to trade. Multiple, multiple top 100 prospects there in the farm system, killing it in the minor leagues right now. That's it. That's that's where they start off the negotiations there, and it all goes from there. I I think that could have a realistic chance. I don't think it would have. I think it's going to happen. I guess is a better phrase, but definitely could, and it would make sense if Baltimore would. Baltimore's little back of Tampa Bay. Remember when Tampa Bay was like 13 games ahead of second place? Baltimore's come all the way back and they're one game behind Tampa Bay for first American League. Mike, Mike think of yes. this. You have Shoei Otani on the mound with an Orioles jersey on. Don't do it, man. Uh, I know exactly. Uh, what you're don't do it. Pitch. Adley Rutschman catches it. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. oh my God. I did. Adley and Shoei Otani going to ask for Adley, too. No shot. If they ask for Adley, you say no. No Baltimore, way. Baltimore would never get rid of Adley. That's correct. Of that whole team. Correct. They they would have, they would much rather give the number one, two, three, four, five, and six ranked prospect 
they're not going to get rid of Adley Rutschman. There's, there's, Adley Rutschman is never, like, I wouldn't say, ne- nah, I can't say he's never going to leave that, but like, he ain't leaving until he becomes a free agent in like six years. He ain't going nowhere. That would be ridiculously dumb on Baltimore to do that. But the other team, I, I think, hear me out, hear me out for this team. I think Arizona could have a realistic mm. shot of trading for Shohei Otani. Because here's he the same thing with Baltimore. They have a lot of prospects. They're a really good young team. Starting to kind of fall back a little bit. They've lost eight out of the last ten. They're starting to come back down to earth. But if they get somebody like Shohei Otani to really light a fire to get them going and get them over that hump in this division with the Dodgers and I think it could I think it could be a realistic thing for Arizona. Imagine that combination. Batting batting off Corbin Carroll, batting second, Shohei Otani. Anything else. <laughs> I don't need to say anything else. Batting third, Catel Marte. Done. You know, good luck. Like really good luck. I don't know. I, I think uh, I think those two those those could be sleeper teams. It was Baltimore. The one thing that kind of throws a wrench into that, you know, obviously I, I think Arizona and Baltimore are kind of the overachieving at the moment. If we Arizona, yeah, Arizona, yeah, Baltimore, no, Baltimore has been really building this up for years. But continue. Uh, so you know they're. Realistically, one of the two are, or not both, are looking are still looking at the future. Mm-hmm. And do you think that either of them have that shell out to Shohei? May, I don't know. I, I honestly, realistically, don't know. But there are that also part that that other part of trading for Shohei Otani and him being at your team for the next two months is that now he has these next two months to be like, oh. I actually really like it here. The fan base, the stadium, the executives, the higher ups. Like it's actually a really sweet place. I think I actually might be like you. You could you could do that. You could definitely have that that way of negotiating with him with Shohei Otani when trade uh, when free agency comes around. Because you could have like say like say, let's just purely for this example. Say Baltimore does trade for Shohei Otani and he's in Camden Yards for the next two months. He's paired up, like I said, with Adley Rutschman and all of them to, you know, chemistry with. And he actually really likes it in Camden Yards. And he's like, you know what? I really like it here. Like, this is what other teams are offering me right now. But I want to be here. I I want to negotiate. Let's see if we can meet someone in the middle because I want to be here. That that's really valuable right there. That could be a really okay, valuable so, thing. And then, then the question is: is obviously we don't know Shohei, so we don't know if he's actually willing to do that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if if you were getting offered six hundred million plus from another team, you cannot tell me that you would that you wouldn't absolutely take that. Well, it, well, here's the thing. Again, this is easy for me to say because. I'll never be offered this and it's not my money. But at the same time, let's position and I have three other teams offering me all 11 years, 600 million, all the exact same, all three of them. 
and here comes Baltimore of like and I really loved being in Baltimore I love the fans I love the atmosphere I love the players and the young players that are coming up and Baltimore's like listen dude we want you here but we can't do that we can offer you 11 years that year but we can offer you 550 is it really that much of a difference at that point with money it's not that much like at that point there's there's not much difference in that value wise so could he actually could he go somewhere with more money yeah but at the same time if you know happiness and experience matters with whatever organization because you can make all that money but if you're going somewhere and you're miserable then it's like what am I doing here and again that's easy for me to say not being in that position but at the same time you have to at least take that into account am I am I wrong in saying that no, no, you're not wrong. Sorry, you kind of got quiet there for a yeah, second. Yeah, I'm waiting. You're for <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you're not wrong at all. You're 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 right on. I mean, but I, I think you're right. At the end of the day, I think it's about you know, it's not all about the money. You want to be happy where you are, and at the same, you know, we want Showy to be happy, but we also want him to make some money. I mean, that's the name of the game. He that's what he wants. And I yeah, mean, realistically, just, you know, the teams that are going to be trading for Shohei aren't going to be like. You know Washington or St. Mm-hmm. Louis. Or, yeah, no. I mean, it's gonna be good teams. So yeah, it's gonna be big dogs, and it's gonna be yeah. real big dogs. Because the other, the other thing that we have to consider. Oh fuck! I just lost my train of thought. What was I gonna say? Do 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 Piss off, Landy man. Let the man just. Let, let the man think. <laughs> oh, you like you also have to consider that from everything that I've heard from sports radio and MLB insiders is that Shohei Otani's not he's not realistically looking to go only where the top dollar is. You know, he wants to go somewhere to win and somewhere where he knows he's going to be happy and win. You know. The the Dodge like say the Dodgers could offer him eleven years six hundred million dollars, but if he firmly believes that if he goes to again I'll just use it as an example Baltimore, he really feels like he could really win for a long time with Baltimore because they have a lot of young talent that's going to be there for his duration of being there. Then. That's value to him from everything that I hear. He's not trying to only go where the money is. No matter what, he's going to be paid a lot of money no matter where he goes. So everything I hear is like he wants to win. So whatever he believes is the be- the best way to win, that's where he's going to go. That's from what I hear. No, I agree. I mean, he's going to want to be in a place where he could be successful, not just make a lot of money. He wants to enjoy the cities and get a lot of wins and see a world series that's what he wants Mm -hmm. because he wants to be the best in the world there's only one way to get there is to get to the world series i mean just the one cardinal sin that the angels have done is have literally held mike trout and Shohei otani hostage on a very bad team the two greatest baseball players in the world and once the Angels have made the playoffs in the last decade plus. 
with Mike Trout. Like yeah. seeing Shohei seeing Shohei Otani in the finals and winning the World Baseball Classic felt so much bigger than it ever has before because of Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani brought so much attention, media to everything to baseball and the World Baseball Classic purely by him being there and in Japan winning, him leading Japan. Imagine if he goes to somewhere like the LA Dodgers, how much of a real bigger deal he would be if he goes to the Dodgers. That would oh be God. like imagine that everywhere he would be everywhere that you could possibly see. Because you know, in fairness, like no disrespect to the Angels, but like they just don't have the media recognition as the Dodgers do. Like the Dodgers are on that esque of you know the Celtics and the Lakers and the New York Yankees. Like they like that's like that's the esque the best like the biggest sports team in the world like Manchester United or something like that like they're on that S the Dodgers are and sure Tony goes to there he's an even more bigger star than he already is which is astonishing yeah. in and of itself so that that's going to be the number one thing to really keep an eye out on this trade deadline is Shohei Otani is he and, going and to be one, traded and where he would he go one more thing I've heard um, rumors uh, that one team might very, very intensely go after Shohei, and it's one that nobody's gonna like. It's the Yankees, isn't it? And it's the Yankees. <sighs> I heard Fantastic. that. I heard that too. I don't think the Yankees have a realistic chance. I don't think they have enough. Um farm system prospects and players now to trade I just don't think they have enough because they're going to ask for their best players like Anthony Volpe as an example to be traded over there you know I don't think the Yankees are I don't think the Yankees can do it I think they're going to try it makes sense for them to try but I don't think I don't think they I don't think they're going to have enough ammunition per se to give Anaheim for that trade Maybe that's just me just trying to speak into <laughs> existence that the Yankees aren't going to trade for him. But like, I, I honestly, I don't think the Yankees have enough ammunition to do a trade like that. But it would make sense for them to go for it. God, I hate the Yankees. <laughs> Everybody hates the Yankees besides the Yankees. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't like the Yankees, but I respect them. I respect the hell out of them. As in, like. You can't you, you can't deny the the winning history, twenty seven world championships. You can't deny that they've no, produced some of the best baseball legit. players to ever play: Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio, um, Mickey Mantle, like Aaron Judge. You know, like you can't deny that. You simply can't. They're always in contention. They're always winning. You, like you don't have to like them. Well, in my mind, you should respect them. You know, and at least that's that's to me. They get dubs, baby. They uh, they do get dubs, but <laughs> they they can't get over the the Astros hump in these last seven uh, years. Yeah. They can't. They have yet to make it back to the World Series since they won it in 2009, and that's been the real kryptonite right now. Has been Houston. So, I don't know. 
we'll see how the trade deadline goes. And does anybody else have anything else to say? I think we should start wrapping it up. Yeah. No, I just want to say I'm excited to watch. Watch and keep everybody updated in the next couple weeks here. Um, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be insane. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I do my whole thing and all I hear is, yeah. (laughs) It's solid. I'm sorry. I'm busting balls. Continue. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to have fun, you know, paying attention. A lot of pain and suffering and just punching through walls and a lot of broken... Kev, we're going to be in pain for the next five years after this sell-off. Yes. You're, you're, you're going to get a real bang for your buck for your pain right there. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good note to end on. Thank you all so much for listening to this rather longer episode of the Two Bombs and a Mike Sports podcast. Again, you can always listen to us on Spotify. Spotify for podcasters, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere that you get your podcasts. You can follow us on our socials on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at Two Bums and a Mike. I have been Michael. I have been Christian. And I have been Kevin. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will all see you next time.